Hello and welcome! I'm Joanna Yunak and this is GFN News on GFN.tv. In today's program we will meet with Albert Chan, consultant to Fat Asia, which represents the interests of consumers and advocates alternative safer products. Albert will tell us what has been happening in China since we last spoke. Thank you, Albert, for joining us. Can you tell us what's been happening in Asia, in particular China, over the last six months or so? A lot of things have happened uh, in the last um, six to eight months in this part of Asia, uh, in particular China. Um, what we all know China is, is a huge market, but uh, pro- probably not everybody knows or is aware that in fact uh, up to 90% of global e-cigarettes, I mean those um, using e-liquids, um, vaping products, 80-90% of these products used worldwide were actually made, manufactured in China. Um, and China is still in its very early stage of alternative tobacco products. So amongst the volumes of uh, production um, in China, um, the bulk of it, uh, 90% of that, uh, are exported to around the world. Um, so that's the current state of play within China. So obviously, there is a very vibrant um, manufacturing um, industry in mainland China. And some of the products, maybe 10%, 50% of those, are consumed within um, domestic market within China. However, um, there is no clear legislation on the product in China. I, I think um, China has been sort of lagging behind in some ways. And also because China wants to learn and look at mistakes, if there were mistakes made in other countries in terms of regulations before they actually make the concrete move. And so eventually, after a few years of preparation, studying, research, and so on, um, China eventually announced in um, November last year that it would regulate rather than ban um, e-cigarettes and all types of alternative tobacco products. Um, So that was a decision made by the highest authority in the Chinese government, uh, they call it the State Council. So it's a policy statement without any detailed um, regulatory um, measures. Who has announced further regulations? Four months later, the administrative arm of the authority, which is the uh, state STMA, the State Tobacco Monopoly Administration, which is the um, administrative arm, um, announced uh, a more detailed uh, piece of uh, regulation um, which uh, provides for any manufacturers or importers um, to follow if they want to have a business of alternative products in China. Interestingly, that piece of uh, legislation or the amendments um, deal primarily with um, e-cigarettes. Uh, meaning those which use um, um, e-liquids, the vaping products, if you like. The, the, the legislation or the amendments are quite vague. In fact, it, it doesn't deal with um, heated products. 
or heat not burn products? Um, I believe it's because um, in China, um, the e-cigarettes, the e-liquids products have been quite advanced and mature. As I said, China is supplying the bulk of global consumption. So the annual production must be quite large. So there is an urgency uh, for the government to introduce legislation to regulate the standards, the quality, health warning, et cetera, et cetera, of these products. And that's why in May this year, um, the, the government issued a new regulation uh, on these products. And these will be, um, these will take effect in October, so next month. So it's, it's quite rapid. So any manufacturer um, or any importer, foreign companies who want to make or sell or market their products in China will need to apply for a license for that. So that's the uh, latest legislative um, um, position in China. Can you tell us more about the key principles in the regulations published by the State Tobacco Monopoly Administration? I, I think the main, if, if I could simplify um, all these technical, complicated regulations, I think the, the guiding principle is to prevent underage smoking. And therefore, you can see there are specific regulations on health warnings, the specific um, prohibition of using fancy flavors, like flavors from candies, from fruits, from different kinds of food, and so on, um, because um, the Chinese government do not want products that will, will appear to be attractive to young people. So that's the guiding principle, um, prevent youth smoking or underage smoking. And that is something I think the entire, entire industry um, welcome. And it's a good step forward. Um, but I think what we would like to see is uh, a quicker step to regulate the heated uh, products. Because currently, um, there's no regulation, meaning it is not allowed in China. Um, if you look at other markets, um, if you look at Japan, for example, um, which in some way um, has similarities with China, um, heated products are the dominating product um, in, in the Japan, Japan domestic market. I think Korea as well, um, and in some European countries as well. Um, so as a consumer rights uh, NGO, Fact Asia would very much like to see uh, a, a quick, quicker um, introduction of uh, legislation um, to allow these products um, to be used by consumers in, in mainland China. Um, but we, we appreciate that um, it would take China, the Chinese government, quite a bit of time to study and to understand the technical aspects of this heated product before they can introduce um, national standards, safety standards, uh, health requirements, and so on uh, for these products. And they also would like to look at um, the market response in, in overseas markets before they make uh, the concrete legislative steps. So, um, and, and, and therefore, 
uh, it would be useful. Um, I'm not sure if it's practical, but I think it would be useful if the Chinese authorities would um, work with, cooperate um, with uh, foreign um, tobacco companies, um, the, the major ones uh, like Japan Tobacco, BAT, Philip Morris, which have quite a lot of experience, a wealth of experience in heated products. Um, of course, this will be fairly complicated because of patent considerations. Um, but I mean, this is just an example to show that um, international cooperation is all the more important um, in, in, in public interest, in public health uh, matters, and certainly in, in, in the subject of smoking and health. Um, there should be stronger international cooperation on this subject. Which products will be regulated under the new regulations? Are there any exceptions? No, SDMA has made it clear and the State Council has made it clear that all alternative tobacco products will be under one umbrella uh, in the long run. Um, so that includes um, e-liquids, e-cigarettes, as well as heated products. But currently, because heated or heat not burn products use not just the cigarette stick, which is similar to conventional cigarettes, but it requires the use of a device, an electronic device. So currently, and interestingly, um, that particular device is regulated by a different ministry, which regulates mobile phones because it is it, considered as an electronic device. Um, but I think eventually, I'm not sure, but I think eventually the, the monopoly, the state tobacco monopoly will have regulatory oversight, not just on the sticks, but also on the device. So that, that's what I'm speculating. Do Fat Asia and other consumer organizations welcome these regulations? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, the, the only thing we don't like is um, a vacuum in the regulatory framework, because if there's a vacuum, that means nobody knows what's going on. It's not clear whether it's legal or illegal. Uh, so there would be unregulated products in the market, detrimental to consumers. So definitely in China, as in any country, uh, we hope to see early and reasonable regulations. Um, there's one relevant point I wish to make is, um, as, as, as most people, as you know, Hong Kong and Macau, next to Hong Kong, are both part of China, but we are quite independent in terms of um, legal system. Um, and so last year, the Hong Kong government decided to ban all forms of alternative uh, tobacco products, including vaping, including heated products. Um, so they were actually a few months before um, the state council in China decided to regulate them within domestic market in China, but excluding Hong Kong and Macau. So um, the move by the Chinese central authorities late last year and this year, we hope would um, reopen the issue in Hong Kong. And that's what uh, we are working with the tobacco companies hopefully, to um, arrange some, some sort of engagement between health authorities in mainland China and, and their counterparts in Hong Kong 
to see whether the ban in Hong Kong is justifiable and whether a review should be undertaken in light of what's happening in China. The legislation will take effect in October. Do you think anything will change? Will it be more difficult for companies to run their businesses? No, I think that the, the legislation is transparent and fair. Um, so whether you are a company from Finland or Japan or a, a, a mainland Chinese company, as long as you want to manufacture, you want to sell, you want to market, or you want to export, you will have to apply for a license. Um, notably, even manufacturers who don't sell in China, who purely import or purely export their products, will have to apply for a license. As I said earlier, 90% of the production in China of e-liquids, e-cigarettes are destined for export. So yes, um, anybody uh, is a fair play for everybody who, who wants to get into the business. And quite a few of these manufacturers in China are, are well established. And they, they are listed, they're listed in the stock exchange in Hong Kong and traded quite actively too. Thank you, Albert, for your interesting summary. That's all for today. Tune in next time here on GFN TV or on our new podcast for more tobacco harm reduction updates. In the next episode, experts from around the world will share their thoughts on nicotine pouches and snooze. We will find out whether nicotine pouches and snooze are popular in their countries. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.